Oh, whoa. Uh. It's your chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramtran reporting live for duty on November 19th, 2017. Welcome to Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast. As I related in my previous episode, um, I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. Today I am one year, one week, and one day sober. Took me a moment to think, but yeah, that's the, that's the tally. Hoot nanny, hoot nanny. Yep, that's good. Uh, here's a funny little accolade, a little story I can tell you. Um, so I, I was at my uh, sobriety meetings this morning. And uh, for anybody who, uh, you know, who wants that, go out there and get it, find it out, seek it out. It's there. I think you know what I'm talking about. And uh, anyway, I'm over there at this uh, sobriety meeting this morning, and we're talking about um, personal space and harassment. And I was telling this story, like, it's kind of funny because, you know, I guess harassment's in the news at the moment. Uh, which I kind of find a travesty because, you know, I'm a 31-year-old man and there's a lot of social change going on right now with women's rights and stuff, which is great. And, you know, in the past I've been guilty of being, you know, misogynistic. Um, I'm guilty of, um, you know, I I made desperate attempts at uh, relationships with women. Like, um, you know, I'd be drunk at a party or something and I'd lean in for a kiss or like, you know, try to, you know, invade their space, and rightfully so, I was told off like, uh, you know, the pig I was. So I'm not trying to be a hypocrite here, and, um, you know, by the grace of God, I don't have um, anything to really, uh, what's the word, Um, repent for in that category. You know, like, that was pretty much the worst of it. I was just kind of... um, well, I can't say just, you know, to some, it's pretty ridiculous to like invade somebody's space, you know, and be like, oh, hey there, honey, you're gorgeous this evening. Can I bother you for a kiss? She's like, oh my God, get the fuck away from me, you know? And, you know, I, man, I remember one time I was at a bar, I was slumped against the bar rail and these two girls were, uh, you know, chatting you know, these two friends, right? And I was looking at one of them, you know, cross-eyed, I'm stagger up to her, I'm like, ah, yeah, hi there, miss. Ah, yeah. Can I buy you a drink? <laughs> you look gorgeous this evening. And, like, she just kind of looked at me with this, like, inquisitive look on her face. And, like, she outstretched one hand and, like, kind of drew it closer and closer to my face and then plucked a single nose hair from my nose and then her and her friend just like doubled over in laughter. And I, I, was, I had to laugh it off too, right? I was like, <laughs> oh, that was a good one, miss. <laughs> Have a good evening. And I just like slumped off into the shadows. <sighs> I might have went and got a hooker that evening. But anyway, you know, it's old chuckle buddy, guess who? John Ramtram talking about harassment. And, uh, you know, um, I had a funny little story to relate uh, at my sobriety meeting this morning. Um, so... You know, hey, you know, it is what it is. There's a lot of gay guys in sobriety. Go figure. You're going to bump into a lot of them. And, you know, trust me, you don't want to bump into that many of them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and they're, I don't even know what that meant. But basically, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people from all walks of life in sobriety. And you're going to, and I, I bump into them and um, it's all good. 
we're all in the same fellowship. We're all trying to work towards bettering ourselves. So that's cool. But sometimes they don't place principles before personalities, meaning they don't put their sobriety before their personality. So it's like, yes, if you're a gay man, that's cool. That's fine. And I accept you as a person in my fellowship. But don't put me as a straight man in that awkward position where I have to draw a boundary and say that, you know, hey, I'm actually straight and I'm not interested in whatever you're selling. I'm here for sobriety and I'm here for fellowship. And if you can't respect that, then it's a disrespect to me and it's a disrespect to the fellowship. And it's a disrespect to yourself as a gay person to, you know, put your sexuality above the group conscience of sobriety. At least that's how I view it. So, you know, I'm at these meetings and all these, you know, every now and then a gay guy will come up to me and be like, mm, hi, how are you? You know, it's so great to hear you speak. You're so brave. How long have you been sober now? And I'm not a fucking idiot. I know when they're putting on the mustard, you know, because like, you know, they stare a little too hard and stare a little too long and, mm, you're so brave. Oh, what's your home group? And, like, you know, they try to, like, they want to know every last, like, detail of my sobriety. Whereas anybody who's not trying to, you know, play that card, they don't give a fuck. They just say, you know, hello, keep coming back, good for you, whatever, right? So at one meeting in particular, you know, I was asked to read some uh, literature from the program, right? So I get up in front of the group and I'm like, you know, hello, my name's Jonathan, I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Jonathan. Okay, um, this piece of prose. And I go to read this piece of prose, and uh, for all you idiots out there, that's just a piece of um, literature that's not in poetic form. And I hope I'm not being too stupid in saying that, because I'm pretty sure that's what prose mean means. Anyway, I'm reading this piece of prose, and um, all of a sudden, I flubbed a line. I flubbed a word. And I go, ah, fuck me! <laughs> You know, you know, the, all the little sisters and queens out there, they start giggling to them, themselves, you know? <laughs> Jonathan said, fuck me. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God, right? I'm like staring at the wall. And like they have the little giggle fest, you know, all the sisters and queens out there. And, I'm, you know, and it's like I said, it's not in my person to judge but like I'm obviously not finding this funny I'm staring at the wall it's not that funny you know so then later on in the meeting um, another one of the you know let's call them you know I don't know my gay elder whatever some old gay guy <laughs> he like um you know he goes and I just like to give thanks for the fact that I'm sober today and Jonathan you made me laugh so hard when you said fuck me <laughs> I'm like that's not even a joke you fucking queen tard like why are you even thinking about that like just let it be let sleeping dogs lie for god's sakes right so you know I didn't say that obviously I just you know kind of kept it to myself but that's the point he's not putting principles before personalities so anyway I let it go and whatever it's whatever they can titter and laugh to their fucking cows come home. It's really not a big deal. 
But in a way it is, because if that was a flipped script, let's say um, it was a young girl, young woman up there going, you know, who was in my position and she was reading a piece of prose and um, she flubbed the line and said, oh my God, like, fuck me. And then all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, ho, 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 did you hear what Janice said? She said, fuck me. <laughs> yeah, Janice, you like to get fucked, don't you? <laughs> like all of a sudden it would be like this uproar of like, you dirty heathen, you despicable drunk. What are you preying on these young chickens for? You know? So, you know, it's just kind of a double standard there. So it kind of grossed me out and I just kind of brushed it off as no big deal. A week later, I go back to the meeting and, um, you know, I'm sitting in a chair and this, you know, let's call him, you know, like I said, some gay elder of mine, a person I don't know very well. I know on a first name basis. I, I really don't talk to other than hello, goodbye. Nice to see you. Keep coming back. Like we really have no rapport other than that. I'm sitting in a chair, right? And all of a sudden I feel like this face and this hot breath on like in my ear, right? And I hear, <laughs> supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, <laughs> keep coming back. <laughs> like whispered it in my ear. And I say supercalifragilisticexpialidocious because I can't really say the word that I had said or flubbed in my piece of prose that I read because then it would give away the program that I'm in. And, uh, but he basically repeated a word that's a part of our um, mantra, so to say, in the fellowship I belong to. And uh, I substituted the word supercalifragilisticexpialidocious in this situation. And that's what he whispered in my ear. Oh, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. I'm like, fuck, you know, like I just kind of like, I lurched back. I'm like, what in the flying fuck? And it, it was disgusting, right? And he like creeped up on me and did it. And he had it like in his head for like a week. He had that thought in his head for like a week to like save it up for the moment when he can like, you know, ambush me, give me the old bums rush, no pun intended. And like, fuck man, it sickened me because it was like you were invading my space and you were making sexual overtures Towards otherwise, you know, to an otherwise, <laughs> to an otherwise pure and, um, you know, unassuming person otherwise, right? I don't, I, I didn't give off a vibe of interest to him. You know, you're making overtures at a person who has no interest in you, you know? So anyways, we were talking today uh, at the sobriety meeting about that and, um, God bless everybody out there dealing with sobriety, dealing with harassment issues, and uh, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious to all of you. So today I want to speak about acting and comedy, as I am an actor and a comedian. Uh, I'm feeling really grateful, feeling very grateful that... um, I have this like second wind, so to speak, because as I mentioned, you know, um, I'm an alcoholic, been in active uh, alcoholism for 16 years. I've been sober for a year, one week and one day. As of today, I'm 31 years old. And um, 
I got a new lease on the whole game, you know? I got this opportunity to, you know, continue with my career and continue with my health, most importantly, and just continue with being a human being and uh, really be in the game. You know, and why I say I'm grateful is because, you know, I spent a lot of time trying to please other, others, you know, I come from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and I live in Toronto, Canada now. And when I began acting at the age of 14, um, I pursued like um, theater arts camps. I went to um, theater school um, in Edmonton, Alberta. I studied at Grant McEwen College. And these are experiences that I had and the group of people around me weren't very supportive. That's my experience. They didn't understand it. They just thought it was weird that like, oh, like what, you think you're going to be famous or something? Like they didn't see the, like you're from Edmonton, Alberta. Like what would you even want to try to do that for, right? Like it makes no sense. There's no industry for it, right? That's the feeling I got, whether that's true or not. That's kind of how I felt. I didn't really feel supported by my friends or family. They didn't really understand it. And uh, the life of a performer is just a difficult one in general, right? You're going to go out there, you're going to bang your head against the wall, you're going to try to get attention, you're going to try to get opportunity, you're going to try to make alliances, you're going to try to just get work. And a lot of times doors are just slammed in your face. It's not the type of industry where you can knock on the door and say, hey, help me, without getting onto a casting couch and ending up in a fucking newspaper somewhere, right? Missing actor. But, um... That's just the reality of showbiz. It's a fucking crapshoot. And all this time, I've been trying to search out my, uh, my claim, my stake to performing, to being an actor, to being a comic. All this time, I've been trying to stake my claim. The truth is, I'm like already the quintessential actor, you know? You hear a little bit about my story, you know, getting like molested in, in sobriety rooms, uh, fucking failures, um, getting out there trying to do the whole fucking rigmarole song and dance, shook and jive. And that's the reality of an actor, really. A lot of actors, a lot of people in general, but just from the sake of my story, that's the trajectory of a lot of actors, you know, a lot of struggle, a lot of... Uh, alcohol, in other cases, drug addiction. And then the flip side of that is people that are um, monumentally uh, famous and successful. And that's not really the story of the actual actor. The actual actor is somebody who fucking, gr not to say that there is or isn't a better or best way to do it. I'm just saying, generally speaking, the life of the performer is a gray one. To quote P.G. Widhouse. And um, I'm just trying to go forward and be grateful that I got the opportunity to, you know, act, do comedy. And I'm still alive and healthy, you know. I was ready to close the lid on everything. My whole life in general. You know, and I just, you know, as I'm preparing for this podcast, I'm like, what can I talk about that would be interesting or, um, you know... Yeah, basically, what could be interesting for me to talk about? 
you know, as an actor and a comic for, as an actor for 17 years and as a comic for nine years. And, you know, I, by the grace of God, I'm getting freer and freer of the ego of trying to validate my existence through performing. Like, it's just good enough that I'm Jonathan James, guess who? Chuckabuddy Ramtran. Like, that's good enough. You know, I don't have to, like, feel any sort of um, uneasiness or facade behind who I am. And uh, a lot of you don't know who I am. <clears throat> so you're like, what's this guy blabbing on about? Well, in a nutshell, I'm a, I've been doing uh, acting for 17 years. I've been doing comedy for nine years. If you have any questions or any, like, um, queries, qualms, or questions, please hit me up on my email. You can find it on the site uh, posted, you know, to this, uh, wherever you found this. You can find my email as well. Uh, And, yeah, hit me up if you have any questions. Let me talk about it. You know, I can give some good advice and stuff. I can give some funny little anecdotes to help you get through it, you know, if, if you're going through the same similar circumstances that I'm going through. Today is November 19th, 2017, in the year of our Lord. And I'm living in Toronto, Canada. And it was a really interesting day, too, because it was the Santa Claus Parade. Santa? He said, will you? I was hoping to see Mr. Peanut. Mr. Peanut. Last year, I got to see Mr. Peanut. It was like, uh, yeah, I was sober for like maybe a week. Yeah, I would have been sober for like a week last year at this time, right? And uh, I remember I was kind of like, ugh, I was like stumbling through the streets. Not quite, but you know what I mean. I was still pretty rough around the edges. And um, I got to meet Mr. Peanut, <laughs> you know, Planter's Peanut. This fucking idiot, this idiot was dressed up like Mr. Peanut. And he's like sauntering down the street with a little top hat on. Fuck, man. Oh, that made me smile. Mr. Peanut. So I looked for Mr. Peanut today, but I did not get to see him. You know, I would have sexually assaulted him, too, if I did. Mr. Peanut. I just go up and grab his nut. (laughs) Yeah. Santa Claus parade. You know, that's another thing as an actor. You get a lot of weird-ass gigs, you know? I remember once trying to audition to be Ronald McDonald. That came up as a fucking audition in theater school. Everyone's like, hey, did you hear about the Ronald McDonald audition? I was like, what? It's like, yeah, McDonald is, is auditioning for Ronald McDonald. Uh, you know, there's a good chance I might get it, you know? I had, like, friends of mine were, like, clamoring to become the next Ronald McDonald. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I guess there was some poor hapless actor probably got that gig to play, like, Mr. Peanut in a fucking parade. You know, or Ronald McDonald. Jesus Christ, you know? Sometimes I wonder why I'm even doing this still, being an actor and a comic. Comedy is kind of funny. I mean, like, uh, tonight I'm going to go do an open mic, work on my uh, material. Uh, Yeah, I mean, comedy I always love doing. That's another thing that's kind of, you know, like, I'm on the fringe of this shit right now. I ain't going to lie to you, ladies and gentlemen. Like, you know, you don't go on a fucking five-year drinking spree and just, like, wake up the next day, you know, in Hollywood. And, Jonathan, your phone's ringing off the hook. Are you going to answer it? 
Yeah, like, no, 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 no. You know, you wake up and you're like, holy shit, thank God I didn't piss my pants today. Maybe I won't shit them tomorrow, you know? <laughs> you drink a lemon tea and you live one day at a time. That's kind of where my life is at the moment. Comedy's good, though, you know what I mean? I like to, you know, I'm gonna, I have a joke today that I'm going to be working on uh, the premises, like, I want to fight Justin Trudeau, our, prim our prime minister. He just rubs me the wrong way these days, you know? Like, he, like he promised me my life was going to be bliss if I voted for him, and, like, my life's been hell ever since he came into, like, existence. Like, every day I got to fight and scrimp and beg for every goddamn dollar I earn, while he's on vacation with some spiritual fucking leader, the Aga Khan, you know, like I, I can't even, he's friends with some billionaire fucking uh, philanthropist, spiritual leader. He goes on this little fucking joyride with him to his private island and he charges the taxpayers like, it was either, it was something with a three. So it was either like $30,000 or $3,000 on security costs for um, that particular visit. And he's all just like, what, what? Like, I don't see what the problem is. Like, what? As the newspapers say, Justin, the honeymoon is over. I mean, I don't know. I don't really have anything against Justin Trudeau other than, like, I saw him blubbering and crying like a fucking baby when Gord Downey died. You know, our fearless rock and roll leader, Gord Downey from the Tragically Hip. I had the fucking common decency as a man to go cry in the corner when Gord Downey died, right? I was on a construction site, right? And I was, like, moving some bricks. And I heard over the, uh, over the news... Right? It's like, Gord Downey from the Tragically Hip has passed away at the age of uh, 53. This one goes out to Gordy. Sundown in the Paris of the prairies. We kings of all treasures buried. I'm like, oh my god, no, Gordy, no. And I went in the corner and I cried like a bitch for like, you know, a minute or two. And then I got it together. And then I just went back to work. Meanwhile, fucking Justin Trudeau is fucking blubbering like a goddamn hormonal fanboy on the television, you know. <laughs> it was a great sadness today. Oh, thought I announced the departure of my friend. <laughs> I was like, oh, for, fucking give it a break. You know, he's crying like a goddamn fanboy. And um, that's when it got into my head, like, I want to fight this man. Like, I want to I want to get into an arena and have, like, a charity boxing match, you know? It's like, me and you, Justin, you know, <laughs> I don't know why it would be a charity match, you know? I'll, don I'll, don all, I'll donate all my, um, <laughs> a charity fucking boxing match with Justin Trudeau. I don't know what, where that money would go to, you know? His security council fund, you know? We'll raise money for Justin's uh, Security Council Fund. Let me give him a black eye in support of Justin's Security Council Fund. Justin sitting cross-legged with his fucking polka dot socks on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine. Like, give me a break, you know? His simpering, sompering, fucking mothball-bitten voice, you know? I'm kind of getting real sick of him, to be honest with you. And I voted for him, you know? Justin Trudeau. I don't know. I think he can turn it around. And I don't even know what turning it around means. I mean, I just, I think people are sick of him because, um, I don't know, politics is just bullshit in general and no dreams ever come true. 
<laughs> like, what did you expect? You know, I thought he, I thought, I thought he had the cat in the bag. I thought, like, I don't know. He he really sold me up the river with the the whole idea of like, oh, we're gonna and we're gonna invest in infrastructure. And we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that. And there's gonna be jobs all around. And there's gonna be like this new harmony. He like he really sold me on this hipster dream that we we're like in this new young uh, age of I don't know modern thinking and politics, but I don't know. And this is just going off my feelings, you know, I didn't read anything. I just figure like, uh, you know, seeing him cry on the news like a fucking fanboy, fangirl, made me, uh, you know, kind of sick to my stomach. It's your old chuckle buddy, guess who? Jonathan James Ramtram reporting live for duty on November 19th, 2017. God bless the Trudeau administration. And um, keep rocking in the free world. I'll see you next time. Thank you very much. Thank <laughs> you.